Hey, Josh Felber here. And just like you, I'm the typical entrepreneur, driving hard, type A, going after it, trying to build my business, trying to help and uh, grow and help manage my family and everything as well. And sometimes we forget to take care of ourselves. And one of the biggest things is understanding mindfulness and how mindfulness can help increase your success of your business, increase the success of your family and everything else. So take that time out for yourself. So I'm excited for you to watch today's episode with Dr. Eric. He's going to dive in deep how he transformed his health, his life, and his successful business to even being more successful. Make sure you watch today's episode of Making Bank. If you ever wondered and thought about it, freedom, freedom super important. With all the craziness right now in the world and the resident running our country and everything else, it seems like a lot of our freedoms are trying to be snagged up and taken away. So if you'd like this freedom gear, want to support and show that you support freedom, that you are you know, for freedom in our country and everything, go check out gratitudegear.com, gratitudegear.com. The link's below as well. And grab your free gear, super soft t-shirts, hoodies, hats, whatever that may be that you love, that you like. And that's where I go and get mine, whether it's gratitude quotes, freedom, freedom quotes, freedom gear, uh, truth gear, uh, go take a look and find something you like. And hey, make sure you use Making Bank 10 for 10% off at gratitudegear.com. You are, you are listening to Making Bank, where we uncover the mindset and success strategies of the top 1% so you can amplify your life and your business. business. Welcome to Making Bank. I am Josh Felber, where we uncover the mindset and the success strategies of the top 1% so you can amplify your life and your business today. Super excited for today's guest. He's a mindful business expert. Dr. Eric Hosopel is a successful developer and entrepreneur who has used mindfulness to transform his life and his business and help others do the same. He has a PhD in economics. He has been a real estate CEO and developer for nearly 40 years, lectured about real estate at Colorado State University for over 20 years, as well as practiced yoga and meditation for 30 plus years. Eric has a unique perspective on how merging business and mindfulness can be a catalyst in changing lives. He is the founder of Living in the Gap, and his popular workshops teaching CEOs and professionals a different way to operate mindfully while improving their bottom line. So I'm excited to welcome Dr. Eric Hosapel to Making Bank. Thanks, Josh. Thanks for having me. It sounds like I'm, I'm, I'm old by reading all that is what I get. But anyway. <laughs> Well, I have, I have some 30 plus year things as well, yeah. too. So yeah, Amazing how fast it happens, but here we are. Right? I know. It's like yeah. one day, it's like, oh, it's five years. Next year, it's like 30 <laughs> plus years. <laughs> well, awesome. Well, tell me a little bit about um, how you got started as an entrepreneur. Um, and kind of let's start there first. Yeah. I would say, you know, I was always an entrepreneur, even as a kid. You know, I just had a knack for business and you know, we ran a camp as a kid. I'd run it as, you know, when I was eight or 10 years old. And uh, so I went to college and then I went out to work and uh, was immediately successful in business. But I got to a point when I was about 30 and, you know, I weighed, I was 50 pounds overweight. I wasn't very happy. I was drinking too much. And 
you know, the personal side of my life just wasn't working. So I uh, really had a shock and took a break, started, uh, you know, dieting and getting in shape and then came into yoga. And uh, it was just like an immediate difference to increase my awareness and feel what it was like to be in my body. And it was a few years after that, I got married and my, my wife agreed. We went back, I got I to get a doctorate in economics. My brother introduced me to meditation. And it was like the first time it was like, wow, this is peace that I have never noticed. You know, I haven't had this in my life, even though I could sure. pretty, I was always good in business. And I was a closet meditator for years. I got through the university and, uh, just, I decided I was thinking about being a professor, but I decided I was too entrepreneurial for that. So I just started teaching uh, adjunct at the university and kind of a closet meditator for a lot of years until eventually, uh, you know, I started sharing a little bit of work, one person at a time. We set up a seed group, kind of went through and then eventually got a dozen or 14 people at work interested. Then we had mindful-based stress reduction come into the office and everybody started working in nonprofits and really changed our business strategy. And I've just seen phenomenal results. So about five years ago, I launched Living in the Gap where we actually offered to outside people to uh, have a program, a nine-month program to show how you can merge mindfulness and business. And I haven't come across one person, Josh, that mindfulness had made their business worse. I think it's kind of a fear People say, I'd have to take go away from my business. I don't have time to do that. But really, if you had one word for mindfulness, it's focus. And uh, it's certainly, I've improved my results in a lot less time than I used to spend on it. And that's what I've seen for others too. That's fantastic. I mean, for just even for myself, I know personally, I mean, through meditation and it just a lot of the stuff that I do on a daily basis, I've done some yoga here and there. I'm not consistent at it, but a lot of my meditation though, and just calming focus and things like that. And it definitely helps, you know, it helps you get into a better state and then allows you to make better decisions and everything else for sure. What do you think, or maybe like a couple of the top things. So obviously you got started as an entrepreneur and you had great success right away. Yeah. Um, you, it is a lot of times it either clicks really well or people are on that hard journey where they're clawing and scratching and trying to figure yeah. things out and falling all the time. What were a couple of things why you kind of accelerated in that area right away? I'm not sure why. I think I just was kind of accident that I hit my niche in real estate. I mean, I started in automotive. I took some time off during college and was a service manager. At and I, I certainly figured out what I didn't want to do. I was good at it too. I even, you know, in college, I sold wigs at Kmart. You know, I came up from the bottom and I was good at that. But I just hit my niche with real estate. It just was something that I understood and I was good at. And I'm not good at everything like turning on the computer. You know, I struggle. <laughs> <laughs> I struggle. So I'm, I'm definitely, you know, if you put me in high tech, I'd last an hour you right. know, in some things. So I'm not, I just, I think some of it was just dumb luck. That For I sure. hit something that I understood and it worked with my conceptual brain. Similar to economics, you know, I started in business in college and I was bored to death with learning accounting and, you know, and principles. Yeah. But I took an economics course and I said, holy gosh, that's how the world works. And it yeah. was like I went from a C student to an A student. It was just like, whoo, you know, it was just like, what a relief to find out something that made sense for me because it sure wasn't science. I mean, I, right. science, <laughs> science was a four letter word. 
But you know, you part of it. Part of it is finding where your niche is, where your I call it your element, where your passions and your abilities meet. Because sometimes we're passionate about something and we don't get it. But if you can find where your passion and your abilities meet, that's where I think you get to the top. You know, the top one percent. You just go. And for you, I mean, what kind of process have you? And I don't, maybe you teach this now. Is you know, kind of finding that passion and abilities, that intersection point. Well, one thing I think everybody has something in their private life which they feel that sense of presence or peace. Might be fly fishing, might be golfing, might be painting. You know, they have something that they feel that the mind slows down and they're just at one with it, mm-hmm. and they crave it. And what we teach is trying to find that in business so that business is not a struggle. That, you know, I love business. I don't have to be here. I, I just, you know, I enjoy the people I'm with and I enjoy the process. And I think business can change the world. I mean, I just see, seen what it's done. So we do have a process called the self-soul spirit model that we do in our workshops that kind of looks at what traits you have genetically and then your experiences and what you're what you're good at. Like I have an entrepreneur as a trait. I also have some traits that aren't as desirable, like a my way trait. Like Josh, we're going to do it a way. Why don't we do it my way? Right. And, and you know, that hasn't worked that well for me. It does all right in a negotiation, but in longer term collaborative arrangements, I have to set that one aside. So it's learning yourself and learning what traits you have. Because some of them are genetic and some of them are learned, depending on our experience, turn some genes on and other ones don't get turned on, depending on what we're exposed to. So we look pretty deep at that and say, you know, what are your genetic predispositions and what are your experiences and what's your skill set? We do it through interrogative questions. You know, the person knows, but it really takes, what, what I find is, and I taught, as, as you mentioned, at Colorado State for 20 years, mostly seniors. And time and again, I would have them in my office toward, and say, why are you here? And they say, I really, you know, mom and dad said if I studied business or engineering, they'd pay for it. And I'd say, well, you know, next is job, wife, house, or husband, house, mortgage. You wake up when you're 50, you know? So yep. it might be pretty good to spend a little bit of time figuring out what you want and who you are and what you want. So we spend that time and a lot of... You know, a lot of times it's people in their 40s just saying, I'm knocking it down in business, but I would like to have a little more purpose, a little more peace of mind. I'm stressed out. I don't feel like I'm really making the difference. I just, you know, I know I'm good at my job, but that's not enough. Mm, yeah. Like, I guess, how do you design, or I mean, I guess, how do you define mindfulness and like, how does that kind of tie into um, somebody has you know, a, a high, you know, a high type A CEO, you know, going after it, driving, you know, growing his business, scaling. Yeah. Well, the first thing is it's not a, you know, mindfulness isn't necessarily meditation. That is one method. I mean, if we spend an hour a day in nature, you know, walking along a stream bed and looking at trees and birds and, you know, just the awe of the majesty that we have. Mm. But most of us are getting up early, checking emails you know, already late, heading to the office, out of breath, you know, full slant of meetings, boom, 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 that we don't have that time. We don't think we do. If we looked at our calendar over two weeks, we go, oh, I'm wasting an hour there and two hours there. And that, you know, multitasking is kind of a myth of at least doing it consciously. We can do a lot of things, but we're really unconscious to all of them is what I've, what I've <laughs> determined. 
So I'd say the first is a is a an acknowledgement and a commitment to say I'm going to be a little more mindful. And normally most people I say try some things that aren't meditation. And when you do try meditation, do two minutes. Don't do 20 minutes because our minds are usually the 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 reason the science says that mostly what's happening when people feel in peace and joy is their mind just quiets down. It's, it's a lack of mind activity, and stress is the mind activity, thought. It's just going crazy, and that's what almost everything in our society promotes. You know, everything that's coming at us, all the apps on social media and everything are just really getting our minds going. And that peace and joy come in the gaps, which is living in the gap, the program I run. Those gaps where one thought stops before another one starts. So finding those little things, start small, can be washing the car, washing the dishes, you know, walking the dog. But when you do it, don't walk the dog on your phone. Right. You know, just set it down for, I mean, we can go without our phone 10 minutes. We don't think we can. We might miss out on that damn text that came in and we didn't answer it immediately like everyone expects us to. Why didn't you get me? Why didn't you answer me? Well, I was walking the dog, you know, now I am. So I think some of it's just a... A com- we have to take our focus back. We have to insist on it because business is great at stealing our focus. You know, sure. it's decided to, it's going to take our focus through advertising, through social apps, through media. I mean, it's all there's so much coming at us. We can't digest it unless we decide that we're going to slow it down a little bit. No, I think that's important, too. You know, like you said, slowing it down because like you get up, you're always going, 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 going. And if you don't slow it down, you're going to end up falling off a cliff or something. And it's actually interesting. You said too, you know, how hard it is for people to disconnect from the tech and their phone and everything. And we um, have a place in Florida and we were some friends down there and uh, we were trying to get a hold of them because we were all going to dinner and we hadn't heard back from them. And finally we got a a message like it's an hour later. It's like, ah, Hey, sorry. You know, it's like my phone fell in the ocean and, you know, I, so I haven't had a phone for the last six hours in the morning. And, uh, but then we kind of over the weekend and the next few days and stuff, he was like, it's kind of nice not having to have my phone and like worrying about messages coming in and everything and everything else. He goes, but then I also kind of feel like I'm disconnected and I can't, you know, interact with people because I don't have it as well. So it's interesting that you say that. And in, in that response, how people get when they do or don't have that and how they feel like they need to have it, that society's trained us to behave that way. And one of the main costs of it is we're connected so much with the outside. We've lost connection with ourselves. Hmm. We've lost connection to our own consciousness our the own space, the own, just our own existence which is what we try to do is just slow down and regain that for a period of time, you know, just to regain a look at it and say, this is presence, feel it. So you can start noticing when you're present and when you're not, because most of us in our lives being present is a, is a rare occurrence. You know, just ask our significant others or our kids. They, they'll tell you, you're not here, dad, <laughs> you know, <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> so part of like, I know when I was, looking and uh, learning kind of what exactly what you guys do and everything. You guys have like a process or part of what you teach is uh, mindful leadership. Yes. 
I guess, can you kind of go into that a little bit and what that yeah. looks like? Because obviously as CEOs, we want to always try to be the best leader possible, whether we have a small team, a large team, or even to our families. Um, so I guess if you could break and, that and down. The, and the bit. CEO is so critical to a company. It was like, if you want the company to be mindful, it can't be without the CEO, you know, being mindful and endorsing it. I've had a lot of people come through and they go back to their company and they really don't get buy-in and it's so hard to do it on an island. So I'm, I'm so pleased to be on your show and be listening to this. So the, the process we have is to first just start some mindfulness, start slow, few minutes, building up to five minutes, you know, of mindfulness and reading some good books. Because what we want to do is kind of clear out the clutter and then plant some seeds of what we do want. Because most everything is put in us. We have some 6,000 thoughts a day. Most everything that's put in us, those thoughts come up kind of randomly. Mine aren't all positive. I don't know about yours, Josh, but I have a lot of thoughts that, you know, it's a good thing I don't act on them. So we try to clear those out and then try to plant some seeds of, you know, gratitude and some better thoughts and visioning and what we really want for our life. Then we go into discovery mode of just, you know, feeling your presence, feeling out who you really are, you know, feeling your consciousness. Because we, we get so, consciousness in presence is hard to feel when you have so much external stimulation. Just mm -hmm. vision yeah. and all the lights and everything that we have just grabs it. So we have, or we're just kind of focused out and we haven't really, we kind of lost our own sense of feeling of, of that. So we try to reestablish that. And that's a several month process that we try to do. And I don't think it's done then. It's a very much of a process that, that happens. And then we go into a visioning process of, okay, we, we know where you've been headed, but what do you really want? Is it really three houses, five cars, you know, something in the Alps? Or what would what is it really that you want? Because society tells us it's just produce and consume. And right. I, I'm an economist. I love all of it. I mean, and I, you know, I got three houses myself. I, I, I don't think there's anything wrong with any of it. It's just it's not a purpose of life. You know, if, if it can make your life better, great. But if you feel that's your purpose, then I think it's misguided. And most people, when they get there and they get those things, what they want is just more of it. The bigger house, the, the second country club, the that's been my experience. So sure. clear that out and find out what really makes a difference for you. For me, it's been helping other people. It's just been, if I can help somebody else, I, I get so much more juice out of that than I do another vacation. You know, it's just when I see someone else really find their self and their purpose and start helping a nonprofit or helping somebody else, it's just really gratifying. So find your own vision. And then we go into a process of narrowing it down. You know, visions usually tend to be, end up pretty big, but we can't act on all of them. So we narrow it down to a next year. And then one thing, you know, what's the one thing that you want to focus on? And we find that when you get that one thing, if it's your health, if it's your profession, your relationship, whatever, it kind of brings everything else up with it. And then when you get that thing, then you can turn and take another one that's focused on. But it kind of pulls everything. You kind of focus on on uh, one or two objectives and go to work on trying to change your life, you know, in, in a meaningful way to make almost everything you do with intention rather than random and accidental, which I feel like most of us just fall on our calendar around our emails around are just being pulled like on a chain. Right. So taking control of that to the extent you can. We all have some of it that's unavoidable, you know. But but for CEOs, I say, ask yourself one major question. What can only I do? 
you know, do and dump and delegate everything else and just focus on being there and being present with people. And, you know, of course, you have to, some things you like to do and some things you have to do, do them. But mostly you can't be doing and being there for people at the same time. You can't be constantly busy and be the person people come to with their problems or being their motivation or setting strategy and those kind of things. So I think CEOs tend generally do too much and need to offload a bunch of things so that they can be present and be there and be the person that someone will walk in their office and talk to, which is not our typical. We're typically so busy. The calendars are just sure. loaded. Someone else is filling out our appointments. We just go, you know, it's, it's intention. No, I think that's so true. I mean, a lot of times we get in that system, we get in that, that flow is just like, cool, I got to be doing this. I got to do this. I got to do this. And, you know, cause like you said, we want the company to grow to here, or I want to have the three houses or six or whatever that may be. And so I got to do all this stuff to be able to get over there to, you know, to have yeah. all that, but, you know, being able to have that disconnection, actually really understand and know, you know, I think what you really want and what is important, you know, is, is, is so true. And then we got a little bit of time left. Guys, I hope you guys are really paying attention and listen to what Eric's having saying today. Think about in your business or in your personal life where you are, where you're going nonstop at, or maybe where you need to kind of take a step back and take some deep breaths and, you know, try to meditate for a, a couple minutes um, or just take a walk outside and, and just disconnect, leave all your tech and everything behind you and take those two to three minutes for yourself so you can actually then come back be more charged up, have a better, clear mind um, to give you more focus overall. So make sure you guys are listening to what he's saying, taking those notes, writing it down, go back, listen, watch this again, and then take action on it. And so we've got a couple minutes left. What's something you're like, oh man, I was hoping Josh was going to ask, ask me this, but we didn't get it quite fit in. So I want to make sure I let everybody know about this before we go. Big book coming out and I'm writing called Profit with Presence which uh, kind of explains my journey. And then I've studied some others that have had, you know, similar experiences and kind of share our 12 pillars of mindful leadership with the business community to uh, share these principles and more of there's a way, you know, it isn't profit in lieu of presence. I mean, you don't have to give up making money because I'm a business person and I know the CEO that says, you know, this la la stuff is more important than making money isn't going to be the CEO for long. So, it's right. no, it is another method of doing as good or better with less stress, more focus. And there's, you know, studies from a number of companies that have shown their healthcare costs have come down and their focus of their employees has improved. And I've seen personally the satisfaction of employees go up dramatically just knowing that the CEO cares about them. You know, just knowing that the CEO cares about their health. Yeah, no, I, yeah, that's, I mean, super important. And when, and your book drops when? You know, it'll go out for pre-sale probably in November and on the bookshelves first quarter of 2023. Awesome. So make sure you guys keep an eye out for his book on Amazon, probably right off your website as well. Yeah. Yes, it will be uh, www.livinginthegap.org is uh, the website. Information will be there too. And also anything on our, if you're interested in looking at any of our programs, we're We'll be launching next month a 21-day meditation program, and we have a couple of spots left for this year's Mindful Leadership Program on the same website. Awesome. And that's in person then? 
Yes, it is. Yeah. Cool. Uh, I'm still old school. I, I'm with you. That's you got to do it. That's that's what makes it fun and and creates yeah. that connection and everything for yeah, sure. It really, it really does. Well, awesome, Eric. I appreciate your time today. Thank you for coming on Making Bank. An honor to have you on the show. Just thank you for your time. Thank you, Josh. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate being able to share the message. Thank you. I am Josh Felber. You are watching Making Bank. Get out and be extraordinary. Thank you for listening to Making Bank. If you have enjoyed this episode, please leave a review. And sharing is caring. Follow Josh Felber on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram for more. You can also listen to Making Bank on Amazon Alexa, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and watch on Apple TV, Success Thinkers Network, Amazon Fire, and YouTube.